Hello, everybody. Welcome back to I Listen to Everything, the show where we break down every music genre. And yes, I mean everyone. Last week, we talked about New Wave. Yes, we did. That was really fun. And we asked for suggestions. And guess who made a suggestion? Who? A fellow podcaster. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. Well, actually, I should say radio host. I think he's a radio host because he's the host of a show called Night Wave, which is a radio show based in Lviv, Ukraine, where he plays and talks about all kinds of synth, wave, electro, and post-punk music. So if you're a fan of the last episode that we did, or if you're just a fan of that kind of music in general, definitely check out Night Wave, which is available on SoundCloud and MixCloud. With that being said, John, I think he's the, that's the name of the, the host of the show, John requested that we talk about another genre that starts with new. Can you guess what it is? Is it spelled as new or is it a different spelling? <laughs> it's spelled differently. It's not N-E-W. It's, spelled... it's new metal. It's new metal. So thank you, John, for thank the request. Thank you, John. And uh, please check out Nightwave. It, it's really fun. I listen to it. And he starts out the shows with like one song from a Ukrainian artist because mm-hmm. he's based in Ukraine. And I really like that. I like that concept of just, you know, yeah. supporting um, people from your country. I think oh, that's good. I mean... We don't play Canadian artists. We fucking hate them. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we actually will play a Canadian artist today. Yeah, so without further ado, let's get into it. All right. So let's get into the overview of new metal. New metal is sometimes called agro metal. I never heard that. Didn't know that. I don't know who says that. Maybe Wikipedia made it up. Um, <laughs> but basically, new metal is a subgenre of alternative metal that combines heavy metal music with elements of other music genres. It is known as the key genre of the new wave of American heavy metal, which is basically this heavy metal music movement that originated in the U.S., during the early mid 90s and expanded most in the early to mid 2000s. Yeah. New metal becomes popular in the 90s with bands such as Korn, Limp Bizkit, Slipknot, and Kid Rock. And then it continues through the early 2000s with Papa Roach, Stained, and POD and came to a peak with Linkin Park. In the mid 2000s we see like a bunch of different bands doing new metal which leads to the decline of new metal as a genre and the because of those bands they may sound well because <laughs> i should have specified <laughs> because of like this oversaturation of all these bands and the <clears throat> underperformance of several high profile releases it led to the decline of new metal we're going to talk about it later all right but then now there's a revival of new metal did you know drew nah, no idea we're going to listen to some songs later that came out in the last few years. Oh, that's actually exciting. Yeah. But first, let's talk about the characteristics of new metal. So a lot of bands have been influenced by and have used elements of a variety of different music genres, including electronic music, funk, gothic rock, hardcore punk, punk rock, dance music, new wave, jazz, post-punk, symphonic rock, and synth pop. Did you know that these were all influences of new metal? I had no idea. And of course, it's also heavily influenced by heavy metal, including death metal, rap metal, groove metal, funk metal, and thrash metal. In contrast with heavy metal, though, new metal tends to use the same song structure of the verses, choruses, and bridges as those in pop music. So I guess in this way, it's a more accessible form of metal, Mm -hmm. like a more mainstream form. Yeah. Kind of like new wave and post-punk was more accessible, but also new wave was the more mainstream side of punk rock. Right. Um, In terms of the musical characteristics, it is heavily syncopated, so a variety of rhythms are played together to make the music sort of offbeat, which creates a disturbance or an interruption of the regular flow of the rhythm. I just gotta ask, what word did you just use? 
Syncop- syncopation. What does that mean? It's a, I guess, a music term. But basically, it just means like there's all these rhythms that are played together at the same time that makes the music sound offbeat. All right. So kind of like corn, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then there are a lot of mid-song bridges and a lack of guitar solos, as well as an emphasis on rhythm rather than complexity or mood. So it's similar to groove metal in that way. Mm-hmm. It's based on guitar riffs that are similar to the ones found in death metal. The bassists and drummers are often influenced by funk and hip-hop. The overdriven guitar tone brings sounds of violence and destruction to new levels, which some journalists compare to the sound of a Mack truck being crushed by, <laughs> by a collapsing skyscraper. <laughs> which sounds very fun to a 12-year-old. Oh yeah, for sure. And then there's a lot of similarity with heavy metal subgenres, uh, the use of common time, distorted guitars, power chords, and note structures revolving around Dorian, Aeolian, and Phrygian modes. I just want to say really quickly, I said 12-year-old because I was around that age, not that the music sounds like <laughs> I just want to clear that out real quick before people get mad. I was kind of confused too, and then I was like, oh yeah, you were like 12 I should have emphasized, I, I apologize. <laughs> He's talking about himself. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the seven-string guitars that they use in new metal are generally down-tuned rather than traditional six-string guitars used in other genres to produce this heavier sound. The bass guitar often features emphasis on funk elements. So you see like all these different instruments are just taking influences from different genres and Mm -hmm. putting it all into this weird metal thing. Well, I still remember, I don't know if we spoke about this, but I remember a clip of Dave Grohl saying he stole drum beats true yeah we did talk about that disco, yeah yeah so, so well, i mean every genre is inspired by exactly other so genres. it's always an evolution and but i find with new metal there's just so many different things like it's like rap it's metal it's you know whatever else we said <laughs> it's just an awesome mash of everything you know? it's a mishmash of everything uh djs are sometimes featured to provide to provide instrumentation such as sampling turntable scratching and electronic backgrounds so it tends to have like these hip hop grooves and rhythms. The vocals can include singing, rapping, screaming, mm-hmm. and growling. So Limp Biscuit and Linkin Park have rapping, but some bands like Godsmack and Stained don't. Sometimes they even feature hip hop guests. For example, Corn's song Children of the Corn features Ice Cube. Nas was featured on another Corn song called Play Me. Limp Biscuit has recorded with Method Man, Lil Wayne, Exhibit, Redman, DMX, and Snoop Dogg. I don't remember all those features. Me neither. Uh, Linkin Park collaborated with Jay-Z on the album Collision Course in 2004. And then the lyrics are often angry, nihilistic, focusing on pain, angst, bullying, emotional issues, abandonment, betrayal, personal alienation. A lot of these are similar to what we heard in the grunge. Yeah. But they're usually with a very direct tone. P.O.D. have used positive lyrics about promise and hope, but I learned that they're actually a Christian band, so (laughs) that's why. (laughs) I didn't know that at the time. Yeah, but you listen to the songs and they're like, okay, I see that now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then Deftones, however, tend to have more complex songs that are open to different interpretations. So their early stuff is considered new metal, but they've been around for a long time and they make all different kinds Mm -hmm. of music. Um, I actually had never heard a Deftones song until I made this podcast. You've heard Minerva from me. Oh, sorry. I don't remember. (laughs) See, I don't know. I guess I just didn't, it didn't register in my head that that was Deftones. The Michigan Daily writes about Limp Bizkit lyrics saying, 
They use the new metal sound as a way to spin testosterone-fueled fantasies into snarky white boy rap. Oddly, audiences took frontman Fred Durst more seriously than he wanted, failing to see the intentional silliness in many of his songs. <laughs> so kind of saying that like Fred Durst was kind of just being ironic, I guess. He's yeah. just being silly. It's mm-hmm. not really like the persona that he is, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it's not supposed to be taken too seriously. But a lot of these white boys took it seriously and a lot of them were very misogynistic. We're going to see with like Woodstock 99 and what happened oh, there. Yeah. In terms of the fashion, Drew, can you explain what a typical new metal person would wear? <laughs> uh, to be honest, I don't really remember. Oh, come on. You have to name, okay, what kind of pants are they wearing? Baggy. Baggy pants, exactly. That's the first thing I have written down. You well, know everyone this. was wearing baggy pants back in those days. Yeah, I. it's true. But basically, <laughs> baggy, baggy pants, shirts and shorts, Jinko jeans, Adidas tracksuits, sports jerseys, baseball caps, baggy hoodies, cargo pants, sweatpants. The hair? It could be anything, honestly. Usually dreadlocks, braids, spiky hair, chin beards, bald heads, goatees, frosted tips. Remember those? That's the thing, though. Like, everybody and anyone was doing these things in any genre at the time. That's why it's weird for me to say it was specifically new metal you know it's not like it's specifically new metal but it's like the, a lot of new metal artists were wearing like especially i well i mean when i think of new metal i think of like the goatee and the corn <laughs> with the dreadlocks was it corn that wore dreadlocks yeah um yeah so dreadlocks worn by <laughs> people who probably shouldn't be wearing dreadlocks accessories include wallet chains tattoos piercings especially facial facial piercings mm-hmm. So a lot of it, like you said, is comparable to other genres. For example, hip-hop. Yeah, but even like with the wallet chains and stuff, that's stuff from like early 90s and, you know, skate punk and all that, you know? Yeah, of course. Some bands also wore uh, jumpsuits, costumes, face paint, masks, uh, corpse paint, or body paint. Mm -hmm. So, for example, the bands Motograder, Mushroomhead, Mudvayne, and Slipknot. And some of them have like gothic appearances. So there's Cold Chamber, Evanescence was a very big one. Right. Kitty, Deathworks, and Jack Off Jill. That is an actual name of a band. How did I not hear that one? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so with that all being said, let's get into the history of new metal. In the 1980s to 1993, this is where we get like the influence of what became new metal. So heavy metal, alternative metal, industrial, funk metal, alternative rock, rap metal, industrial metal, and industrial metal artists have laid the groundwork for new metal. So we have bands like Faith No More, Primus, Helmet, Fishbone, Suicidal Tendencies, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Jane's Addiction, Marilyn Manson, Nine Inch Nails, Rage Against Against the Machine. Sometimes they get like categorized as new metal okay but they're i i wouldn't say that they are i would put them in more of like a rap metal genre um but no these are all the influences these are not actual new metal bands and you can kind of hear like especially when i think of bands like primus or like faith no more for example i really like i can see where those influences are coming from Mm -hmm. groove metal and thrash metal bands such as machine head sepultura metallica pantera slayer and anthrax are all very influential to new metal as well Anthrax pioneered the rap metal genre. There are a lot of 90s bands that are also described as neo-metal. So like Pantera, Biohazard and Fear Factor, Fear Factory, Machine Head. 
And then Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, Ghetto Boys, and NWA. So a lot of rappers also were a big influence on new metal bands. These ones in particular were a big influence on Korn. The guitarist Monkey of Korn, he said that they were trying to emulate samples from the Chronic 1992 album of Dr. Dre. As well as Cypress Hill, and I can see those influences right. when I think about it as well. The Fat Boys were a big influence on Fred Durst. Linkin Park, uh, Chester Bennington, he cites A Tribe Called Quest, KRS-One, and Run DMC. Public Enemy, NWA, BC Boys. So a lot of different hip-hop artists were influences for these new metal bands. And Run DMC was one of the first groups to combine rap with rock, if we think about it. Mm-hmm. Which sort of paved the way for new metal as well. But then from 1993 to 1997, this is when we see like the early development of new metal. So Korn releases their, so Korn created the genre. Well, a lot of people think they created the, gen- the okay. genre with their 1993 demo, Nightmare's Mind. And then the term new metal is often attributed to Ross Robinson, who's a big new metal producer. He produced for Korn, Limp Bizkit, and Slipknot. In 1994, Korn releases their self-titled album, which had a lot of underground popularity at the time, so they weren't really big yet. P.O.D. releases Snuff the Punk in this year as well. In 1995, Sugar Ray releases <laughs> Lemonade and Brownies. It's also described as funk metal, but new metal as well. Right. Which is interesting because to me, Sugar Ray was like a pop, pop band. Yeah, pop rock, whatever. That was played on like a local kids channel, YTV. You know? <laughs> yeah. So like we're going to listen to one of their early stuff and you're going to be like, oh, this is Sugar Ray. All right. Yeah. They were not the same back in 1995. Mm. Deftones releases Adrenaline in 1995 as well. Mm-hmm. And Deftones was controversial in 1996 due to Chino Moreno, who's the vocalist. Mm-hmm. He was being blamed for inciting riot at the inciting a riot, sorry, at the 1996 U-Fest Festival, which is interesting to think about because we're talking about this like really aggressive genre. And if we think about what happened in 1999, yeah. it's like, oh, we're sort of foreshadowing what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. And then we have, so there's something called OzFest that starts in 1985, hosted by, um, well, started by Ozzy Osbourne, host, hosted by MTV. Mm-hmm. It was really integral to the launching of new metal careers, especially Limp Bizkit. That's interesting. But up until 1997, there weren't a lot of bands playing new metal music. So then from 1997 to 2003, this is where we really start to see like all of these bands releasing new metal albums and it really gains a lot of mainstream popularity. So we have uh, Limp Bizkit releases $3 Bill Y'all in 1997. And this is a big year for new metal. Deftones also releases Around the Fur, another album released in 1987. Floored by Sugar Ray also comes out in that year. But the only song that charted was Fly, which is a reggae song. <laughs> so we see that the band really abandoned new metal as a genre and became like a pop rock band with their 1999 album later on. Yeah. In 1998, new metal goes mainstream. August 18th of 1998 was the biggest day in new metal history. So we have the release of Korn's third album. Kid Rock releases their debut album. And Orgy releases their debut album as well. It's another band. I've never heard of them before. Heard of them before. Okay. <laughs> and many new metal bands appear repeatedly on Total Request Live mm-hmm. on MTV, which is a program that features music videos. Oh, there was Corn, yeah. Limp Bizkit, P.O.D. A lot of their music videos were released. Yeah, so then we have Woodstock of 1999, which most of you might know of Woodstock of 1969. I don't know if everyone knows about Woodstock 99, but... It was a lot different than Woodstock nine uh, Woodstock of nineteen sixty nine. Never mind ninety four too. Also, right? Ninety four was yeah. They're like this. I think it was ninety four. That was the second one. But ninety nine was like 
Peace and love? Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) It was, so a lot of violence occurred, especially during Limp Bizkit's performance, and people were tearing down the plywood from the walls during the performance of the band's song Break Stuff. I I wonder why. (laughs) There were also several sexual assaults that occurred, which is was just horrifying to learn mm-hmm. about. We watched the Woodstock 99 documentary and I yeah. was just like, what the hell? Like, I kind of knew what happened, but I didn't realize the like severity even how much of it happened. It's crazy because as a child, I saw like clips of the pay-per-view events of Woodstock 99. I would never think that all that happened. So yeah it's it's wild i think probably they weren't reporting on it as much at the time and now that everything's coming out Mm -hmm. it's like whoa okay but despite all these incidents limp biscuits popularity rose and their sales were not affected for their album of that year Um, the internet wasn't a big thing at the time yeah they would have been canceled now (laughs) west you know the early days of the internet they weren't reporting things like that yeah yeah woodstock 99 also featured corn kid rock uh godsmack and Seven Dust. Also in 1999, Slipknot emerges with a very heavy new metal sound with their self-titled album. So the Slipknot drummer Joey Jordison, he's very death metal influenced for his drumming. And their roots are basically in death metal, thrash, and speed metal. I always thought of them as a metal band. I didn't know that they were new metal. Mm-hmm. So that was surprising to me. In 1999 as well, Stained releases their second album, Dysfunction. And then in 2000, we have chocolate starfish in the hot dog flavored water which is an album by limp biscuit it was the fastest selling rock album ever and it broke records that were set by pearl jam for their album versus or vs i guess it's versus in 2000 as well papa roach releases their second studio album disturbed with the sickness and pod with the fundamentals of shut of south town and rock the party by pod went to number one on total request live in ozfest of 2000, the OzFest sold out with 19,000 members. And then in the late 2000, Linkin Park releases their debut album called Hybrid Theory. It is the best-selling album of 2001. Mm-hmm. More than NSYNC and Shaggy of that year. They won the Grammy Award for Crawling. Yeah. And in the end, peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100 in 2002. In 2000, Godsmack releases their second album as well. Stained releases their their album Break the Cycle in 2001. So this, like from 2000 to 2003, I could go on. Like there was so many different albums being released at this time by new metal artists. System of a Down as well. They released yes. Toxicity which was very big. It peaked at number one on the Billboard 200 and they really have this unique sound where they were blending new metal with like influences from middle eastern music greek music armenian music and jazz music and they were also very political Mm -hmm. not a lot of new metal bands were political so they had like this different side to them and they sort of changed out of new metal later on but they started out with those influences in 2003 mtv wrote that new new metal's mainstream popularity was dying because Korn and Papa Roach's albums were selling less than previous releases. Korn's lead vocalist blamed it on music piracy. Interesting. (laughs) Bands were also less played on the radio and MTV began focusing on other genres. And reality TV. Reality TV. What do you mean? I mean, MTV started focusing on Oh, yes, MTV. Yeah, yeah. They they started playing more shows and less music videos. That's true. That was the beginning of it, so... And some bands also started to have less imp- hip-hop influences in their music. Um, so they started to 
sort of get rid of that aspect. It's funny because that's when hip hop was trending upwards, you know? So. Yeah. But I saw this TikTok the other day about how like some artists will start, will like go on this trend of like being very like having a lot of hip hop and rap in their music. Mm-hmm. And then once they get really popular, they get rid of it and they become their actual selves. And we're talking about white artists here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, you only used it to, you know, get popular we're gonna talk about that later too and like we talked about earlier there was a diluted talent pool because there were many similar sounding bands bands like american head charge primer 55 edema cold the union underground there were so many and like all of these i've never heard of them exactly and they all released albums between 2000 and 2001 but they still new metal still remained really popular because of lincoln park godsmack and evanescence i these are the bands that i remember especially lincoln park and evanescence like i was like 10 years old at this time and I was one of these kids that listened to Evanescence mm-hmm. and Lincoln Park and thought, you know, I was really cool because I listened to this kind of music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was edgy. Yeah. And then we have Canadian band Three Days Grace. They release I Hate Everything About You, which peaked at number four on the Billboard charts during the summer of 2003. I really liked Three Days Grace back in the day. I don't remember much of their music, but I did like it at the time. Yeah. They're a bit like emo. But I like them. Yeah. <laughs> but so was Evanescence. Evanescence album Fallen was released in 2003. Their lead single Bring Me to Life was very popular. 2003 Linkin Park also releases another album. A Godsmack releases their third studio album. So it was still very popular up until t- 2003. But then from 2003 to 2014, we see a huge decline in the popularity of new metal. I mean, I don't really remember any new metal being released no at <laughs> this time especially in there was a sharp decline in 2003 going on to 2004 limp biscuits album results may vary featured alt rock and new metal it did well but it had poor critical reception and performed weaker than the hot dog album mm-hmm. <laughs> hot dog flavored water <laughs> Korn's album sold less as well. And then in the early to mid-2000s, we also saw a lot of, like, garage rock and indie bands that were getting popular mm-hmm. at the time. So this was, like, the mainstream rock sound. Like, The Strokes, White Stripes, Jet. Those were the big bands of that era. Also, the popularity of emo exceeded new metal in the mid-2000s. Metalcore, which is a fusion of extreme metal and hardcore punk, became one of the most popular genres in the new wave of American metal, which we talked about in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So this was like the metalcore revolution. And new metal bands started to experiment with other genres at this time. So Linkin Park, in their 2007 album, Minutes to Midnight, they sort of like departed from that new metal sound. Chester Bennington even said he wanted to move away from it. He didn't like that title. That was a good album. I loved it. Yeah? Yeah. I personally did. Slipknot's album All Hope Is Gone was more groove metal, death metal, and thrash metal. Dane and Papa Roach moved to like a more lighter sound. System of a Down, like we said before, they moved towards more like alternative metal with their 2005 albums Mesmerize and Hypnotize. Those are really good albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, Limp Biscuit goes on hiatus in 2006. Fred Durst said that, here's the deal. Say in 2000, there were 35 million people who were connected to this band. 12 years later, Lots of those people have moved on. We were a moment in time and it's over. So he acknowledges like, listen, I had my run. I'm done now. Mm -hmm. So then from 2014 to now, we have a sort of revival going on and this fusion with other genres as well. 
So metalcore and deathcore groups such as My Ticket Home, Stray From The Path, Immure, Of Mice and Men, Attila, Suicide Silence, and Issues, they gain a lot of moderate popularity in the 2000s using elements from new, new metal. So this fusion of metalcore and new metal is sometimes called new metalcore. There's a band called Of Mice and Men? Yes. A book we read in school is the name of the yeah, book. Yeah, I remember. Th- this is the only <laughs> band name that I recognized, actually, because I remember thinking, oh, like the book. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was the last name of a battle I ever think of. But now it's going to stick in your head, right? Yeah. It's a great name. The uh, Issues, this is one of the bands that we mentioned, their 2014 album had elements of metalcore, new metal, and pop and R&B. Bring Me the Horizon releases That's the Spirit in 2015, which draws also from new metal and other genres as well. So there's like this new metal revival in the mid-2010s. Other bands like Blood Youth, Kane Hill, Sworn In, Danger Kids, Islander. New metal core becomes increasingly popular. A band called Code Orange releases their 2017 album called Forever. It was one of the most prominent flavors of contemporary metal, according to Pop Matters writer Ethan Stewart. So new metal influenced genres like emo rap and trap metal, which start to emerge at this time as well. Mm-hmm. And then there's like these electronic and art pop singers that incorporate new metal in their sound in the late 2010s and 2020s. So Poppy on her album, Am I a Girl? And I disagree. She calls it New Poppy. <laughs> so she names after her. <laughs> or Poppy Metal. And then the single Blood Money was nominated for a Grammy for Best Metal Performance of 2021. She was the first female solo artist to be nominated for that award. So we're going to start seeing that a lot of these new artists are a lot more diverse. There's women. There's people of color. There's like, it's the 2020s. We're a new era. As it should be. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about this article that i read it's a vice article it's called new metal is back and it's being driven by female rage written in december of 2021 so they talk about the songs god of war so the song god of war by wargasms which was released in 2019 basically this song was like this proof that new metal was back and it's thanks to this culture of nostalgia which has driven the re-emergence of y2k genres like pop punk emo as well as social justice movements which have fueled this anger inside people that have always been a part of punk and metal so new metal's influences can be felt everywhere from hyper pop to chart friendly pop to alternative acts we have artists like loathe tetrarch cassiette nova twins and ashniko brie runway's little nokia that's one of their songs uh smack a bitch by rico nasty i love that song mm-hmm. limp biscuit returned to Lollapalooza in 2021 so right after that Woodstock 1999 documentary came out they returned to Lollapalooza so they had this like (laughs) (laughs) re-emergence now Uh, it's time to come back exactly so it leads to this younger these younger generations like digesting the genre for the first time and putting their own spin on it and a lot of these artists too they're not necessarily like new metal bands they're artists that dabble into like a bunch of different genres and make different songs like rico nasty for example she's mostly like a hip-hop artist like she does she raps but she goes she is featured on all these different artists songs and she makes like that song smack a bitch is very like punk like new metal vibes Mm -hmm. but her other music doesn't necessarily sound like that so we have tiktok star jaris johnson teams up with papa roach for a remix of last resort you know that song? Yeah. Uh, 100 Gex reanimate Linkin Park's One Step Closer. 
I heard that the other day while I was listening to 100 Gex. Ever since Hyperpop, I've been listening to them. And I was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is a Linkin Park song. And yeah, so like we said before, artists now are a lot more diverse, predominantly women, non-binary people, and people of color. Many people of marginalized identities are often excluded from alternative spaces or, or historically excluded from alternative spaces. Mm-hmm. So the diversity of new metal in the beginning, so we have like bands like Rage Against the Machine and System of a Down, they use their music to speak out against white supremacy, capitalism, imperialism, police brutality, and so on and so forth. <laughs> um, and also POD, Payable, no, is it POD? Yeah, Payable on Death. Their music as well is, like, if you listen to their first album, they were talking a lot about that kind of stuff, too. Mm. And a lot of those bands were very diverse. But I don't know if I would necessarily put Rage Against Machine as new metal, so I I wouldn't necessarily agree with this article. But anyways, but basically they're talking about this diversity of new metal was a contributing factor to the dismissal of it in the early stages of new metal. But however, the most commercially successful artists embodied male aggression and whiteness and sometimes even co-opted black culture. So we talked about that as well. So many artists took influence from black culture without supporting the community or understanding the context or the politics of it. It was in fact mostly apolitical and they used genres that had been used to speak out against systemic oppression and instead use them to get angry at whatever they wanted. So they use like punk and rap, which are very deeply political a lot of the times and use them to just rap about i don't know white boy problems (laughs) so today that stereotypical white male aggression is flipped on its head so we have nova twins with the song bullet it calls out men harassing women uh yonaka's click or clique captures the the frustration of men talking down to women we have rina sawayama on stfu which describes her experiences with racial microaggressions and it contrasts like this loud, these loud new metal verses with a piano pop chorus. And some people think of the exaggerated displays of masculinity in new metal as camp. So like basically satire. We kind of saw that with like Fred Durst. And this second rise of new metal signals a musical culture that is more open to genre blending. So guitar-based rage is no, no longer inherently masculine mm-hmm. or belonging to any one identity. So everyone is sort of participating in this. And new metal itself is very ragey. It comes from all these genres that are very rage inspired. Mm-hmm. And the, the last quote of this article is, everyone's pretty mad right now at a lot of things <laughs> and rightly so. <laughs> I agree, I agree. And then another article I read was about Limp Bizkit specifically. And it talked about, well, it talked about like the legacy of new metal as being one of derision and ridicule, a cultural low point devoid of any taste or meaning, beloved by angry suburban white boys dressed in comically oversized jeans that was uniquely offensive to women. So it talks about like the controversy surrounding new metal. It talks about Woodstock 99, which was a cultural wasteland of apathetic, pissed-up, testosterone-fueled young men concerned only with tits and beer. But if you think about, and if you watch the Woodstock 99 documentary, you kind of see this, like, political side of it as well. There's a bunch of overheated, dehydrated kids with no access to water, shade, or hygiene for days on end, setting fires to ATMs and scrawling, fuck greed, Mm -hmm. on upturned, burning luxury cars. So some historians talk about, like, the 90s was the end of history. The Soviet Union is defeated. Liberal democracy has won. There's pure abundance and growth. But the youth of this time knew that this wasn't the case. And so new metal embodies that like directionless rage 
and angst. It was the soundtrack of a generation who were being propagandized into the idea that everything was great, but they knew that it wasn't, but they didn't know who or what to blame. Mm-hmm. I think they talked about that in the documentary because I, I remember did, them, yeah. them saying that. Mm-hmm. So they appropriated the anger of punk and hip-hop and they blended it with this melancholy of grunge and vomited out at the direction of anything and anyone they disliked. Mm. So I was tra- kind of seeing like this other side of new metal where people were angry, well these white kids were angry because things weren't great as everyone was saying. So with that being said, I want to know what are your opinions on new metal and what we just talked about in terms of like it's I mean it's very diverse now and they're using this new metal sound mm-hmm. to like bring out this rage against the patriarchy and racism and all these different things. Right. So, what are your opinions on that? I mean, it's a great thing because the world's not a great place. I mean, we obviously know about it after the last two or three years we've been through. Mm-hmm. But I do understand the sentiments of the generation back then that they didn't know who to uh, be angry at because the world was glorifying shit. And sometimes that's what music should be. It doesn't always have to be like this political thing. But like, I like where the genre is headed. And we're going to play some of those songs today. I'm very excited about it. I'm excited to hear where the music's going. So Yeah. And I have such a nostalgia for new metal because of my best friend growing up. So I think you're really going to like it. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the music. All right. So let's get into the playlist. We're obviously going to play. We're going to start with like the early new metal. So the first song we're going to play is Blind by Korn. You know what I was thinking when it started? Hmm. I was thinking that sounds a lot like Primus. <laughs> yeah. I'm a very big Primus fan, and that to me, like that, is very much uh, a Primus uh, sound, mm-hmm. <laughs> in my opinion. So that was Blind by Korn, and that's from their 1994 album. I didn't even know it was that early, to be honest. Yeah, 1984. Wow. That is really early when you think about it, actually. But I knew that song, too. I just never knew it was from back then. Maybe it got popular after. Mm-hmm. Okay, next one is Draw the Line by P.O.D. So this is the Christian band. I know. If you listen to their lyrics, it's very much like 
It starts, brothers and sisters, we're going to draw the line to forget about the problems abroad. But in the end, we all have problems of our own. Gangs, crack, racism, and many people don't have hope. <laughs> like, it's very, like, trying to be progressive and, like, snuff the punk. That's their 1994 album, their first album. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is Sugar Ray. This is their first album. This, oh, boy. This song is called Mean Machine. <laughs> I prefer like I prefer the pop sugar. <laughs> I kind of like that to be honest. Yeah, I had a feeling you would. All right, and the next song we're gonna play is my shitty laptop deleted the audio again. So this is Jen editing. The next song is called "Be Quiet and Drive Far Away" by Deftones. I was like, oh, this is such a good song. And then I wanted to listen to the whole album. I know. I don't know why I've never heard of this song before. Maybe I have. And maybe it's in the back of my head. Because it sounded so familiar to me. Mm-hmm. I love the contrast of the singer's voice with the... Yeah. Voice. That's why I've always loved that tones. Oh, my God. It really reminds me of... I don't know if it's another band I'm thinking of. But anyway. Okay, the next song we're going to play is a cover by Limp Bizkit. It's called Faith. <laughs> So if anyone knows the original, that's by, originally is by George Michael Mm -hmm. from 1987. The original sounds much different than that. And I like the cover. Like, I think that's a good rendition of a cover, like a different 
sound. I like it when covers bring a different sound that actually sounds really good. I know. <laughs> so that's Faith by Limp Bizkit. And the next song we're going to play is another one by Korn. Probably one of their biggest songs. It's called Freak on a Leash. Oh, yeah. I think this is the first Korn song I heard. Yeah. I think me too. <laughs> takes a part of me Something lost and never seen Every time I start to believe Something's raped and taken from me From me Life's gotta always be messing with me I think a lot of people know that one mm-hmm. if they know about corn i also wanted to play children of the corn because it features ice cube i wanted to show one of the new metal songs that has a rapper in it mm-hmm. I guess that's what you would call growling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were talking about vocals. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The next song. Oh, this is such a like childhood song for me. Embarrassingly enough, <laughs> this is called "Cowboy" by Kid Rock. Oh God. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Well, I'm packing up my game and I'ma head out west Where real women call me quit with scripts and fake press Find a nest in the hills, chill like Flint Buy an old drop top, find a spot to pimp Then I'm a kid, bring it up and down your block Go with the bottom of scotch and watch lots of crotch Buy a yacht with a flag, say you're chilling the most Then rock that bitch up and down the coast Get a toast to the sun, drink with the stars Get thrown in the mix and tossed out of bars Sip the I know all the lyrics to the song. <laughs> I know, I'm shocked. Because my dad would play this when I was a little kid. <laughs> the the curse words were bleep though. They're not bleep, but they're like when it when he's like rock that. <laughs> you know how they like would edit <laughs> yeah, those. Songs yeah, I remember out. those. Or I feel like maybe it would play on the radio or something, or like it was on like a CD my dad had. But yeah, probably. 
But yeah, this is the one that goes, cowboy, uh, baby. Yeah. I think everyone knows it. Anyway, next one. <laughs> okay, this is Orgy. I didn't, I've never heard of them, but I wanted to play this one because it's another cover by a new wave band, actually. Mm. It's called Blue Monday. The original is by New Order. One. Oh, you know this one? Yeah. Okay, because the original is like iconic. I'm just gonna play it so that we know. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy to me. But you see the difference between the sounds? It's very yeah. like, this is very 80s. The other one was like, this was synthesizers. This is new. Yeah, I thought the beginning of the cover was so cool though. That No, it honestly, they did a good job. I like that, that like twist on that mm-hmm. song. Okay, continuing. Let's go to Slipknot. This is called Before I Forget. Next song is uh, by Stained. This is called Mud Shovel. was really big but I don't remember it do you well continue we'll see (laughs) no me neither (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I don't remember this one. Okay, but we all remember this one. This is called Break Stuff by <sighs> Limp Bizkit. <laughs> it's just one of those days where you don't want to wake up. Everything is fucked. Everybody sucks. You don't really know why, but you want to justify. Whip it someone's head off. No human contact. Like, you can't play this song at a f- festival in 1989 and not expect people to break stuff. And they were already pissed off. Oh, yeah. Festivals. I mean, this is filled with anger. Also, like, just for context, imagine kids are running out of money. Supplies of water is going down. And some stalls decide to jack up the prices. Of friggin' water. Yeah, I remember. Like, this we're is, used to that now, but this is 1999. This is, like, pre, like... Iraq and credit cards and yeah. debits like none of this existed that much at the time yeah and also like the fact that it was on like some military like airbase yeah and there was no like shade or anything like that they were just in the mm. hot sun like i i mean i would break stuff <laughs> and one more thing i'll say just for context the reason why they had it like in this closed off fortress is because the previous Woodstock they Lost profit because people were easily able to yeah. break in. So they're like, oh, we're going to protect ourselves. The whole Woodstock 99, they, were, they just wanted to make money off these yep. kids as much as possible, mm-hmm. which is ugh, disgusting. Anyway, let's continue. Everyone knows this song. It's called Last Resort by Papa Roach. Oh, yeah. oh before we <laughs> play that one, <laughs> I posted a meme the other day that really made me laugh. And it was, it said, it's all about the she sells seashells bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I think you died. <laughs> I might post it on the Instagram. Just Please do. Really good. Okay, moving on to Last Resort by Papa Roach. Cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Suffocation. Yeah, that the first part is the best part. <laughs> I vividly remember this song being abused on Much Music and MTV when it first came out. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. It'll come up, you know, those daily and weekly charts that came up number one for so long. I remember another meme that was <laughs> that said, cut this pie into pieces. This is my last dessert. My favorite one is cut my life into pizza. This is my plastic fork. <laughs> what? That doesn't even make sense. It was great though. <laughs> okay. Another really popular one. This is called Down with the Sickness by Disturbed. Yes. Another childhood favorite for me personally. <laughs> Don't do it. Oh, wow. 
Tell me what you're thinking right now. One of my favorite and dumbest memories is when I was working at our local grocery store. Oh, this is not where I thought you were going. Continue. No. <laughs> so I had my first iPhone, the 3G that was released. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's working in the evening. And we have this back room in the produce department where, you know, customers will walk by. There's this little window. So I used to be ducked down. Ask my friend to let me know when there's someone there. So I had the phone ready to play when the beat drops and the scream happens. And I caught this old lady. I didn't know. He didn't give me a warning not to do it. And like, she nearly had a heart attack, man. It was so... Wait, did you jump scare her? Yeah, I did. Oh, my God. It that was poor lady. so funny and so sad at the same time. Oh, no. And then on weekends when our bosses weren't there, I used to play on the intercom randomly. You were like, <laughs> I don't even know. You have this crazy reputation of just shenanigans. And look at me now, I'm an assistant store manager. I know, like, look how far you've gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was thinking of the video where this guy's doing karaoke to the song oh, or whatever. Yeah, and he that goes, was <laughs> I don't, I can't do it properly. Can you find that real quick or not? Nah? Oh, um,. Okay, we found it. Yes. Uh, kudos to this guy who tried his best. Okay, everyone listen. <laughs> it also reminds me of... Uh, I saw a TikTok um, a few weeks ago of this baby doing it. I think you play that one yeah. too. Yeah, uh, I cute. can't. Yeah, it was really cute. But if I find it, I'm gonna post it on the Instagram. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but to be honest, I probably wouldn't do any better than that guy at karaoke. Oh my god, yeah, that is not easy to do. No. He did his best. I have the same Kudos tone to of voice as him. I'll probably sound exactly oh my god, the same. You Psh, forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> With your soft little <laughs> feminine voice. Hey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true, but whatever. We love it. Okay. Next, we're going to play some Linkin Park. Are you excited? Of course. All right. This is Crawling. was played a lot but i think this one was played even more this is in the end mm-hmm. rest in peace chester yeah Be a memory of a time. 
kid, I lived in this like basement apartment in kind of like a rougher area um, with my mom. And there was this lady that lived right above us. And uh, her son used to like ride his skateboard down the steps like early in the morning and like wake us up and we'd be like, what the hell? Um, But I think she was going through stuff because she would play Linkin Park and Evanescence, like all the sad music. (laughs) Full blast, like so freaking loud. We'd be like, oh my God, this lady is, this is bad. I mean, I blasted those music, not going through anything as a kid, so. <laughs> no, but this was, this was an older woman. Like this was not like a child. This was like a mother, <laughs> a single mother going through stuff. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Like I felt bad for her. She was so nice though. Like when mm. I used to play the clarinet when I was in school and, um, I, I used to play it in my room to practice, um, and obviously I was not good because I was friggin' 10, or no, 12 years old, I think, 11, 12 years old, so I probably sounded like shit, and she <laughs> she was so nice, though. She was like, oh, I hear your daughter playing the flute or whatever it is, and she's like, it sounds so lovely. It lulls me to sleep, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the joys of living in an apartment. <laughs> I mean, you did her a service. Good job. I don't you know. You helped her sleep. I don't think I did. Of, instead of her listening to all that music. I sounded like Squidward, basically. If you think I mean... of someone playing the clarinet, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> Just this annoying kid. We all annoyed each other in that apartment. No. Mm. Okay, uh, let's continue. The next song is called I Stand Alone by Godsmack. It sounds like an intro to a wrestler in the Attitude Era. <laughs> what Attitude Era? I don't, I don't know wrestling. For the WWF fans from back in the day, you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't even know why I know that song. I feel maybe it's like from Guitar Hero or something. I'm not sure. Okay, another one that was really uh, big. This is called Bodies by Drowning Pool. You know this one? Yes. This next one is another one by Deftones. It's called Change. Mm-hmm. 
Drew really likes that one. <laughs> he requested it. Although I had heard it and I didn't put it on the playlist, but how dare you? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm joking. There's there's so many songs. This episode's gonna be so long, but um, I don't care. This next one is "Youth of the Nation" by Pod. I vividly remember this one. Me too. <laughs> no, that's another childhood one for me. describe it that sounds very christian to me but in the best way possible like back then it didn't sound like it no well i mean back when i was a kid i loved that song but now that i think of it i'm like oh yeah that makes sense that they were christian (laughs) all right next one is this is another cover it's a michael jackson cover do you have any idea what it is drew alien ant farm yeah it's smooth criminal by alien ant farm such a good cover like you don't have to play them but i love the the songs these days and uh, movies from alien and farm oh yeah that's a really good one i don't know if it's necessarily like what would you categorize that as it's not alternative (laughs) it's not fully new metal but they were sort of categorized they're more like alternative yeah they are i love that song though movies that's a really good one too drew you requested us to play stupefy yes and it's funny you say that because it was another song that like (laughs) i listened to a lot as a kid i feel like my dad had this playlist of all these new metal songs and that was one of them (laughs) (laughs) okay this is stupefy by disturbed
my god, I just remembered how good that song is. <laughs> I just love how it goes straight into the, yeah. the beat. Okay, we gotta play System of a Down. And oh, yeah. I think we're just gonna play their most popular one. It's called Chop Suey. Oh, yeah. A friend, a good friend of mine who loves System of a Down and she's Armenian and I was like, that's so typical of you. But also if I were Armenian, they would be my favorite band because they just they're so good, especially if you're an alt like a person who likes alternative styles of mm. music and you're all Armenian and you're like, ah, it combines my culture and my <laughs> favorite kind of music. Well, you know my wonderful friend in Vancouver love this band and this song. Yeah, yeah, he's also a big fan. I mean, you can't not love them. They're so good. Okay, before we get into the newer stuff, I just want to play um, one Evanescent song. This is Bring Me to Life. that up until now all of the bands have been like the singers are all men mm -hmm. i don't think there's any women in these bands so this is like until 2000 and what three when did this album come out 2003 yeah so but we're gonna start seeing some women in the next few songs however um i also just realized i, I really want to play uh three days grace so let me play that mm -hmm. this is i hate everything about you i'm sorry <laughs> Every time we have 
Yeah, I remember that one a lot. Mm-hmm. Full of angst. Okay, let's get into like 2019. Okay, so this song is called God of War by Wargasm. really cool to me Mm -hmm. i like that okay but then we'll get into this is called blood money by poppy this is the one who called it new poppy or poppy metal or something (laughs) okay this is called blood money Sounds like the internal thoughts of a Chucky doll. Oh, I like that description. He said the internal thoughts of a Chucky doll, for those who didn't hear. Okay, so for the next song, this is by Grimes, who, um, I mean, I think a lot of people know who she is. She mm-hmm. dated Elon Musk. But this call- the song's called We Appreciate Power, and it's from her 2020 album. <laughs> it earlier but it features another artist called hannah um what you think of that one didn't sound like new metal no i don't find either maybe some influences but not particularly new metal Mm -hmm. but it's like it's there's a lot of different genre blending in in a lot of these artists so it's not necessarily new metal the next song we're going to play is called stfu by rina sawayama Oh, yeah. 
I'm reading the lyrics as it's playing, and it's like, because this was the one that was talking about microaggressions and racism. Mm -hmm. And she's talking about, like, because she's a Japanese artist, so she's talking about, like, microaggressions against um, Asian people. And Mm -hmm. she, like, in one of the parts, she says, like, expecting fantasies, why don't you respect me? Microaggressions like that. Uh, And that one sounded a lot more new metal to me. Yeah. (laughs) Especially the beginning. That was more like it. Yeah. And this next one is called, is by Nova Twins. It's called Bullet. that and like the whole the beginning where it's they're whistling Mm -hmm. it's like sort of trying to sound like how men catcall women i like that a lot and the lyrics too are really good so definitely check out nova twins they're really good but the last song i want to play is my personal favorite of like these newer songs Mm -hmm. called smack a bitch by rico nasty got me so excited mm-hmm. and her vocals are just so good i, I really is, like yeah. rico nasty it definitely gave me gave me new metal vibes too but also like when i first heard it, i was like oh this is so like punk influenced mm-hmm. as well i love this like i don't know this new mixing of genres it's so exciting to you me. wish you were angry enough to smack somebody <laughs> it's my inner like <laughs> self who wants to smack a bitch today no not at all i just like that i and the music video too is really good yeah so that's what we're ending it on i think that's a good song to end it on oh yeah uh what did you think of these newer artists the first two songs were pretty dope and some of them don't sound like new metal i Related to like how some songs in previous episode hyperpop wasn't really hyperpop. Yeah, but see, I find that today's music, there's like the younger people are just influenced by so many different things mm-hmm. that they're putting it all in their music, and so that's why nothing really has like a genre. 
it's like, oh, is this new metal? Is this uh, is this hyper pop? What like we can't really categorize it. That's why like the songs are good alone, but when we're doing an episode on new metal, I wouldn't I wouldn't call three or four of those songs new metal. You know what I mean? But you can hear the the influence. From oh yeah, it. For yeah. Sure. Yeah, I, I definitely hear that. I understand. I mean, I agree with you there. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like I like the way that the new artists are doing it and like taking their own experiences and talking about mm-hmm. it. And, and like this used to be a, a genre that was associated with like snarky white men like being misogynistic mm-hmm. or like at least the fans. Um, but now it's like the opposite almost. <laughs> but I like that they've they were still inspired by it enough to make their own like music out of it i hope it sticks around and continues to evolve is there anything else we should say about new metal it was a wonderful time listening to the old stuff and i really did like listening to the new stuff is biscuit gonna make new songs after coming out in 2021 i don't know let's quickly look that up because i think they just came back to be like yeah we're cool again and then now they're gone <laughs> <laughs> their last album was from 2021 they had and, a new album. Yeah, and it's called Still Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's was their first brand new material to be released <clears throat> since seven years. So they had like a seven year gap. Okay. So thank you very much for listening and thank you, John, the host of Nightwave, for that suggestion. And thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time on I Listen to Everything. Take care.